Our scripture again from Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For several weeks now, we've been studying these truths in Ephesians 5 and asking the Lord to reveal to us His answers to the mysteries that are cloaked within these two very mystifying words that I just read, darkness and light. And he's been doing exactly that over these weeks. We've learned that the darkness that's spoken about here is all-encompassing and it's invasive, covering over and reaching into every soul that lives within that darkness. And it is throughout this whole world. And it reaches into every life, whether those lives be saved or unsaved. And that darkness reaches in to exert control over all that takes place in every heart within the darkness. But we've also said that thanks be to God, as the light of Christ enters in to a person's soul in salvation, He provides them, us, freedom from the control of that darkness. But though we be set free from that darkness, it still does remain and it still does fill this earth. And you and I are called to remain here in its presence and to continue on with this life, intermingling and relating with all those people who are caught up in that darkness. And the Lord wants us to know that we are kept here for a purpose. As these words here in verse 8 suggest, along with the blessings that we've received ourselves, through the light of Christ, also comes responsibilities that we have and our responses to it. That verse again, verse 8, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light. Walk as children of light. As these words suggest, you and I have things that we are called to do with the light that we've received. Things that must begin first, within our own souls, but then also must reach on out to others, especially to those who are still caught up in the snares of that darkness. Listen to these words. These are from Matthew chapter 5. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And then in James chapter 1, we are strongly exhorted that our just hearing and knowing the truths of God is not enough. It is not enough that you be a gatherer of information. We must do something with that which we are learning each Sunday as we study His Word. We must put His truths to use in our lives. James chapter 1, beginning in verse 22. Do not merely listen to the Word 
and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Folks, the light of Christ flowing through our souls now that we have Christ as our Savior truly has made us into very different people. When Christ comes into your life, you're changed. Remember we spoke of a song last week that we have sung often. To come into the presence of the living Lord is to be changed. You cannot come into His high and holy place and stay the same. You and I who have Christ as our Savior, we have truly been changed. And you and I must begin to diligently get on about speaking and doing and acting in accordance with this light that God has given to us. So may I ask you a question? Personally, are you still just a hearer? Are you still just a hearer of these words? A gatherer of information? Or are you a doer of God's word? It's a world of difference there and God's very serious about this. As I've been saying to us over and over again, God really does have a plan for us. And it's a very definitive plan. Getting down into the details of each of our lives. And we need to be asking and seeking and knocking to find out what those things are supposed to be like in our personal lives. As I have pondered these words that we are studying here today, verse 8, for at one time you, Bill Adams, were darkness. But now you're light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. As I pondered that, my thoughts have been taken over to Psalm 119 that I read each day. And I'd like for us to turn there, if you will. Turn to Psalm 119. We're going to look at the first three verses. And we're going to see these same very special words and expressions that we're talking about in this verse as we study about walking as children of the light. One of the words is blessed. Another word is walk. And another word is way. Listen to these words. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, whose walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep His testimony, who seek Him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in His ways. Let me read those again. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep His testimonies, who seek Him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in His way. Now the word walk here is a very simple word, but it is so very inclusive. It means every step that we take. It means every thought that we think. It means every relationship that we're involved in. It means every conversation that we have. It means every bit of work that we put our hands to every day. Literally, it means every breath that we breathe is to be done in the ways 
of the Lord. As I said a moment ago, the Lord's very serious about this. I'd like to take us over to the words of Matthew Henry, the commentator that I refer to often. And I want to read some of the words that he has said about walk and about ways. Listen to this. This is from Matthew Henry, and I'm summarizing it. Godly people are especially happy people. You recall we said blessed. That word blessed has a degree of happiness that we can never imagine. But he says godly people are especially happy people. They are and shall be blessed indeed. And such blessed contentment is the thing that all people desire and they pursue after. And all people could be, all people could be happy if they truly would seek to walk in the ways of the Lord. But few take that right way. Here in this psalm, God has laid before us the right way to walk, which we can be confident will end in happiness, though his way often be straight and narrow and difficult. To them that walk in the law of the Lord, God's word is law to them, not just in some circumstances, but in the whole course of their behavior. They walk within the hedges of that law, which they dare not break through by doing anything it forbids. They walk in the paths, the ways of that law, which they will not trifle in, but they will press forward in them towards the mark, taking every thought into captivity and never walking in their own adventures. This is walking in God's ways, the ways which he has marked out for us and has appointed us to walk in, and not in the ways of the world or in the ways of our own heart. It will not serve us to just make religion, listen, it will not serve us to just make religion the subject of our conversation only, but we must make it our rule of life to walk in His ways, being doers of His Word. And I say amen to what Matthew Henry has said here. Now here in our scripture, Ephesians 5, we read essentially the same thing that's being said in this verse 8. For at one time you were darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Listen, God has an exact way for you and me to walk. Do you stop and think about that often? He has both an exact path and an exact manner of behavior that He not only desires us to walk, but He commands us to walk. Now here in Psalm 119, we are promised that if and as we do walk in His ways, then our reward will be a kind of blessed happiness that we have never known before. Are you unhappy? Do you do more complaining than you do praising? Are you skeptical all the time of everybody else and how much everyone else is getting ahead in life or how they have so much more than you do, or how this and that. The Lord says you and I can have a blessed happiness instead of all that discontent. And he repeats those promises over and over again throughout these scriptures. He wants he, he repeats them so that we won't mistake or misunderstand. Listen to this. This is from Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits, who forgives all of your iniquity, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Precious words. They're promises. It says all you have to do is walk this path. There are hedges. Walk between the hedges. Walk in the path that I've laid out for you. And we'd not be able to count the blessings that will come to us if we'll commit ourselves to doing that. But if we, come, if we get up from here today and we walk out this door and we simply do what we did yesterday, you'll remember that it's popular these days in a lot of sayings that I've heard about Einstein that his definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again in exactly the same way but expecting a different result. That's the definition of insanity according to Einstein. But listen, you and I do exactly that. And we dare not do that. We cannot get up from here today and walk out that door and do the same thing in the same way that we did yesterday and expect everything to turn out right. We have to be different. If we have Christ as our Savior, we've been changed. And we have all of these benefits that are being promised to us by His light living within us, showing us a lot better way to travel, a lot better path to walk. We cannot expect anything to turn out differently until we begin to surrender ourselves to Him. Here in Ephesians 5, we're reminded that Christ has entered into our lives. And He has taken up residence within our soul. He lives within us. He lives within me, within you, if you have Him as your Savior. And He brings His special light with Him. And with that light, He reveals things to us that we've never seen before. He says here that we who once lived in and walked in darkness... And folks, listen, I did. For the first 29 years of my life, I did not know the Lord and I walked in darkness. But now I am walking in the light. And I can tell the difference. I can tell the difference in my life. Now may I stop here and ask you, are things different with you? For once, you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Are you different? Are you different than you were before? Let me say to you, if you have Christ as your Savior, you are different. It is who you now are. It is contrary to this new nature that He has put within you and me for us to fall back into and to walk as children of darkness like we used to. Where we go back into our old ways of thinking, our old habits, our old addictions, our old... all of those things. Why should we want to walk in that darkness? It was nothing but misery to us. He's saying now, if you have Christ, then you have light and you are light. And you should not live as a child of darkness as sons of disobedience, he says here in these words. I can recognize the change that has taken place in my own life. God is so gracious to remind me of it. And I'm reminded every time that I have contact with the corruption that goes on in this world, I am pricked to the soul. I flinch when I see vulgar pictures on the television. Or I hear vulgar or profane words being spewed out before me. Or when I see someone mistreating another person. 
Does that happen with you? If you have Christ, it will happen with you. Let me ask you another question. Does it bother you, perhaps even insult you a little bit, when someone uh, cautions you or warns you, reminds you of something that you think is already a part of your life? Do you find the words flowing out of your mouth? I know that. I know that. That's a common expression today. I know that. Or I do that. Or the comical television commercial that says, everyone knows that. May I suggest that those wrong responses come often from our ego and not from the righteous light of Christ that flows within us, but out of that darkness that is all around us and that once used to control our lives. Here in these words, God is doing as He has done throughout the Old Testament and now all through the New Testament. He is reminding you and me, our forgetful souls of the truth that will so greatly bless our souls if we'll just simply humble ourselves to remember it. We are believers now. We have been changed. We just need to get up and get on about it. I'm reminded of the words that came to from the Lord to Joshua when they were getting ready to cross over the Jordan and go into the promised land. They were very simple words. It's time. Get up and go on across. That's what God is saying to you and me. Very simple words. You are different now. Walk as children of the light. Get up and go do it. Now I'd like to take these next few moments before we close. And I'd like for us to read in these scriptures how we can, in the practical matters of our day, walk as children of the light. And to provide that same light to those that we care about. Because others will follow us. Our wives, our husband, our children, our grandchildren, our friends, and on and on. You can be a light that leads them, or you can be the darkness that leads them. He's saying here, you are now light. I want you to lead people in the light. First from Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Simple words, but truth. Psalm 18, verse 28. You, O Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. That light that is in you, in me, now that we've received Christ, He keeps it burning. Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word, O Lord, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, verse 130. The unfolding of your words gives light. You have to read these scriptures daily. You have to keep opening. And as you open and you unfold this word, this becomes true. The unfolding of your words gives light and it gives understanding to the simple, to my simple mind. That's why I open these every day. Why I read these scriptures every day. Well, you've sometimes heard it said, uh, even by some of the most devout of believers, that because these scriptures were written so long ago, they cannot always be relevant or speak to today's circumstances. May I say to you, that is not true. May I say to you emphatically that the answers to every problem and every sin that we will ever encounter is either addressed specifically in this word 
or it's at least implied. And very clearly so. All you and I have to do is dig a little bit deeper and we'll just see very clearly the answer to any question that we could ever have. His word is perfectly relevant and it is the exact light that you and I need for everything that we think and say and do. Consider these next words for a moment. Compare them to the obvious corrupt lifestyles in today's culture. This is John 3, beginning in verse 19. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. Why do you think there's room for another hundred people in this church? These words just told you why. People do not want to come in here and be exposed to the light because they love their darkness. They want to live in that darkness. They get convicted of their sins when they hear the word of the Lord. And so they don't come. And that's why the majority of people on this earth never enter a church. For these very reasons that I just read about here. This is a judgment. Light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But, but whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Listen, today we are being besieged with sinful behavior all around us and being forced upon us by the media, by our government, and especially by our government these days. There seems to always be also a concentrated need, uh, a demand that we accept and include their sim- sinful behaviors within our Christian religious beliefs. Currently the most pressing is coming from the homosexual groups and from the proponents of secular psychology and from pro-abortionists. They, want, they seem to want or need for our churches to validate their sinful behaviors by accepting them into our fold and bringing corruption into our own Christian faith. You and I must be careful. We must be careful in the handling of our thoughts. And we need to seek out the real truths within these scriptures. And once we find those righteous answers, and that's what he's talking about here, you and I have to be strong and diligent then to walk in them. To walk in them. Because we're clearly told in James chapter 3, listen to these words, James 3 verse 17, the wisdom from above is first of all pure. First of all pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial and sincere. Now yes, you and I are to love and to minister to those people who are lost in all the various kinds of corruptions of sin. But listen, we are not to accept and endorse their sinful behaviors simply to keep peace, whether it be in our family or in our friendships or in our church. Our religion is first of all pure. That's what these words tell us. Our religion is first of all pure and righteous and holy. And then it is peaceable. And this warning is to be held to so strongly by you and me, but especially by our Christian leaders who are often leading our churches astray. Because today you can find uh, many of our Christian leaders 
carefully mincing their words so as not to offend those within their membership who still want to hang on to their sinful ways. Church leaders should never do that. Why? It's because preachers, church leaders, are simply giving forth the words that are given by God. We better not change them. We had better not change them. You and I are clearly described as being light. Light to show sinners out of their ways of darkness, out of their ways of unbelief. And we need to be about that task. Always about that task. We dare not lead them back into the darkness. Those words again in Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. How often have you been hearing people say, Oh, I keep my religion private. Let me say to you, they have no religion at all. Because this is what the Lord says. He says, your religion is not a private matter. You're to be a light. And it's supposed to be open for all to see, like a, like a light set on a hill. It says, nor does, do people put a lamp, light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. So in the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. 1 John 1, beginning in verse 5. This is the message we have heard from Him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie. If you say, oh, I'm a Christian and your life doesn't prove it, you're a liar. That's what these words tell us. We have to understand that God is serious about His relationship with us. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sins. It's time for us to close. But may I say quickly and strongly that we are not to be unkind and unloving as we show forth this light of Christ especially to those who are lost in their sinful condition. Let me say to you, God will give you and me gentle words of love if we'll only ask Him. Lord, give me the words I should say to this one that I love so much that I can lead them out of darkness into the light. It is a thin line that you and I walk. But we must walk it. That's what He's saying here. You and I must walk that thin line. It is now who we are. We are the light of the world and we must be that light no matter what it costs us personally. And again, we must always walk that walk in love. Let me close. You are the light of the world. You, I, we are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Let's pray.